questions. I was told that I sound froggy today, and I you, well, no, I was you're told putting words in my mouth because you said, "Do I sound froggy?" And I went, "When do you not sound froggy?" So like, yeah, you so apparently put I sound that froggy every day out into the universe. So I'm sorry Ooh. to our listeners because uh. What? I'm like, I'm on his Twitter. I'm just looking at his Fitbit. Oh, we're, we're, cur- we're currently discussing, um, there's no such thing as a coincidence. If anyone he knows that TikToker. There is no such thing as a coincidence. Should I get um, this merch? He has merch? Yeah, he has this, like... Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going to wear that merch to the Met Gala today. Well, anyway, hopefully hopefully, if, Ad- if, if Addison Ray had got... The invite, then he better also have the invite. Or they, I don't know his pronouns, their pronouns. Um, <laughs> welcome to GVF, I'm Rob. I'm a Geraldine. You forgot your name. Um, <laughs> today is the Met Ball, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about, um, and we're going to get a little negative today, but I feel <laughs> like on this podcast, when aren't we saying the things that we don't like, and I feel like it was finally time that we do a roundup of the books that we fully just do not recommend, but we have both unfortunately read. Not that we both read these books, but that we've we read them individually. I'm excited um, so no what... to have an episode where we're not talking about the Hunger Games. Oh, I'm so because <laughs> there's a rule. There's a rule where there's we're not going to do anything YA dystopian, and oh, are we? not a book that. W- oh. Well, I thought that was the rule. Let me check the rule book. Hold on. Let me take out the rule book for the podcast. I thought you had a guideline for yourself. Well, that's the guideline for myself because I think I need the parameters. But that gives me a hint as to books that Geraldine has chosen because we're going to try to guess each other's, even though I don't think it's going to be successful. But I've definitely spoken about all these books before, and they're not books that we've reviewed or really meant... I think at least three of the four that are on the top of my mind that I want to talk about have never been mentioned on the pod Mm -hmm. by me. Or I'd buy you. I don't. I don't think. So, yeah, I think this is just going to be. That's what it's going to be today. So if you like to hear what we don't like, which is probably more than what we do like, then this is this would be that episode, I guess. You can speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, I think Geraldine's personally like a ray of positivity every single week on the podcast. But um, today we're we're not doing that. That's not what you're getting today. Also, did you watch the VMAs last night? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. There I was couldn't no watch one them. for me to watch. No offense. My birthday. Well, that's Love not Doja, true. Because but... Doja. Doja. Well, first of all, this is just my three qualms is that one, I'm old. So I finally, it has finally descended past the point of like, I have, I'm not in touch at all with anything going on in pop culture. I felt like I didn't know anyone who was on the stage. Two, Doja did not host anything. <laughs> she literally didn't even open it. Madonna like opened it. Then Doja just showed up after 20 minutes and was like, welcome to the VMAs. And then like two hours later, after she performed, she like did a little thing, I guess. But I then I turned it off. Honestly, I saw her. I was making dinner and coming back and forth, but I wanted to watch her, Chloe, Bailey, and Normani. And that was it. It was just all about them. Little Nas did. But Little Nas did exactly what everyone knew he was going to do, which was be naked and gay, which I think is always great, so... I don't know. Okay. I wouldn't re- recommend it watching it. I was just Why wondering did you bring it up? Because I thought, I mean, did you see the shoes she wore? She wore the non-binary vibe shoes with the giant claws. Doja. I don't, like, pay attention. <laughs> Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay. <laughs> Whatever. 
I've, I've never watched being... an award ceremony like religiously like that before, so I I don't know. I mean, good. Okay, good for you. I'm not an award. Um, nothing's good anymore, including some books. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice thank you segue. for the segue. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, um, I only have one guess for one of your books. Okay, so I think what we should do is, is, so, I guess, then I'll go first. If you have a guess, guess it up. I'll guess it up. <laughs> I will respond, and we'll go one at a time, one by one. Okay. From, I'll do a book, you do a book. Okay. So, I want a hint. I think hints could be fun, too. Um. Well, here's the thing. So, the book I have in mind is technically YA. Mm-hmm. But okay, I'm not so, sure if it's it's not dystopian. It's not like okay. it's not like something you you definitely read this book in high school. Got it. Okay, so okay. <laughs> I'm getting so excited, obviously. <laughs> so I'm gonna guess. Don't that. reveal it. Okay, but now I'm gonna tell you my book, and you're gonna have to. I'm gonna give you like one or two clues, and then you guess my book, and then I'll guess yours. So yours is dystopian. Not no. no no it's YA it's not dystopian I read it in high school no 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 my guess for oh. you is one of those oh I see okay 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 I'll give you my hint and you're I'm gonna have to bleep the name but the only thing I'll say is yeah that's my hint that's what I was gonna guess <gasps> what we were liars oh my god you're so smart yes where's the bell sound. I'm going to have to put in a sound. Oh, my God. Your brain is so smart. That's literally... Yes. That's okay, the so only book I had in mind for you, really. I hate that book so much. Um, <laughs> like obviously, over the years, Geraldine has remembered. I didn't think you would remember because I don't ever talk about it anymore. But I read that book because it was a trend. And I thought for the episode, I'd be like, let's think of... I'll think of books that at least I thought were really popular, like bestsellers, that teachers were recommending. And when I was in high school, senior year, at that point... We are all super old for in terms of like as old as you're going to get when you're a teenager. Um, and I just thought that book was so middle school. And I had read it way earlier in high school when I was in probably ninth or 10th grade over a summer or something. And I just didn't enjoy it like at all. Um, it's one of those endings that is like the ending, the cliche ending that everyone would joke about where it's like they were all dead the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure that was literally how it ended. It's also written in like... I believe it's written in like prose or like poet poetically or something, and I just do not think that E. Period Lockhart had the technical skill to pull off that sort of book. But the reason it's one of my top three least favorite books is because of the hype that it got. Like I was fully shocked that like seventeen and eighteen year old young adults were reading that book, digesting it, and like writing essays on it. There is just no depth to that, and I feel like I remember looking at Geraldine, and Geraldine had been over there. Geraldine's reading portfolio, she already had the stats. Like, she had read every single book that was, like, In the classroom. adult level. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like, she, Geraldine had read every single, I'm exaggerating, but, like, adult classic when she was, like, 13 already. So I think she was even thinking, like, why is this book making so much noise amongst the locals? Especially when I read it when I was, like, 14 and hated it. So I have to say We Were Liars is, like, a top-tier Never it's even one of those books that I feel like, like just uses death in such a gimmicky way. Where like, it's like, is this twist really warranted? Like all this praise, like really, like it's, it just feels cheap to me. 
I feel like Elockert's like an industry oh. plant, like they had payola or something. Like, how do you take the trope of like teenage cruel summer? Like, I know you did last summer. We all went to a beach and people disappeared or died, and then you literally—that's one of the most, you know, I guess cliche plot teenage tropes—and then you end it with the most iconic stupid trope, which is just, oh, it was all a dream, or oh, we were ghosts the whole time. Like, M. Night Shyamalan did it in that iconic movie, The Sixth Sense. Leave it there. Like, I mean, and if the book was camp, then it would be camp. Yeah. But on the camp scale, for me, it's a no. On the scale of camp, it's a zero. For me, I've read, I think, every Elok Heart book. Since oh. Six. Okay, grade. so you, you've done the numbers. Yeah. And okay. I feel like recently, ever since We Were Liars came out, she's been, she's fallen to her gimmicks too much what's some of her other words so um most recently it was oh my god this really weird book that just did not work because like the devices she was using to tell the story were just too much but what are like her billboard number one smashes um, so like, what, besides we the were first liars book i ever read like, was the disruptible history of frankie lando banks which is like too long um, of a title <laughs> basically dark academia cult school like private school thing um which was actually pretty fun and before that she had like a really campy series called like the boyfriend list which was actually really fun to read um but then she just got, like, darker and more, like, she started doing things too much. Like, this, the newest book she wrote, what is it called? I'm trying to find it. But it's a book that had, like, alternate realities in the same book. So there were, like, five different timelines. <laughs> so every chapter, like, started, every five chapters started at the same place but then diverged. And it was this sort of this uh, commentary on like mental health too, because like the girl was like literally going through it and like imagining and fantasizing. So Loki, the Marvel <laughs> series, okay. But like, the, which basically Loki. If anyone who, who unfortunately watches Marvel, not for this podcast, continue. Um, sorry. Yeah, and it just like there were some like interesting things about the book, like emotionally, but like it just did not work because the the game she was playing with the plot like just didn't land so i mean i have this weird like loyalty thing where like it's not even loyalty but i'll just like keep reading anything like someone reads like anything that someone writes so like i will probably continue reading elockhart just because it's like there for me (laughs) but i do Um, oh here this book again and again that's what it's called we Were Liars is, you know, The Closer by The Chainsmokers or If Shape of You by Ed Sheeran was a book. It's like Carly Kloss going to the Met Gala and looking Camp right in the eye. That is the book that it is. It had its idea and it didn't deliver for me, um, especially because it tried to be campy and it just wasn't. So, yeah. Did it try to be campy? I remember it being very, like, gray toned, like the whole entire book. Well, that's why I'm saying it's Carly Kloss going to the Met Gala, because I feel like you're writing a book about summer camp. I don't know if it was no. camp. Summer camp. <laughs> it certainly was not they camp, were summer like, camp. We all love... They were, um... like On a rich, beach in the summer. They were, uh, old money families on Cape Cod. Old money. 
Yeah, and there's camp value in that as well. It's also sort of like the current season of American Horror Story, Provincetown, that could have been camp, but the entire... Everything is washed out in grayscale, and it's not funny or cool. It's there. There's no camp. And on this podcast, I'm not surprised that when I was 14, I didn't like something that was like supposed to be summer crazy murder vibes. That wasn't camp, and that made me mad. And I'm still have the same taste. Like I just don't get how you take a bunch of kids, and they're all dead at the end. That could have hit in a different way, but again, she wrote it very seriously. It was like she went into the pixie universe from uh, Timmy Turner. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? The pixels. Yeah, I guess. For me. All right. <laughs> your book. I only have one name on the top of okay. my brain. I and guess. honestly, I'm confused if what I'm going to say is a book or a short mm-hmm. story. Because I don't even mm-hmm. know. But I, know I feel like say. I'm obligated to say The Dead by James Joyce. Okay. Here's the thing about my relationship with James Joyce. Um, the Dead is a short story, I think. <laughs> Jeremy Niglio and James Joyce T Expos Part One. The please, thing about I, James I, Joyce, please address it. I don't please even address consider it. like. First of all, I've never read a full book by James Joyce. I've only ever read The Dead and that weird short story that we read in uh, junior year, where like the kids like in love with his older sister and they're at that like market or whatever. The thing about like. James Joyce and I don't know I feel like you might have guessed also like Anthem too at some point in this episode um that was there the thing about James (laughs) Joyce and Anne Rand is like I have bigger problems with like the author themselves and their own philosophies than I do actually their books even though I will say that like um James Joyce's prose is just incredibly pretentious and dense for no reason and just like if you like James Joyce I probably don't like you (laughs) because it tells you a lot about someone but um I will never read a James Joyce book because I have larger problems with him himself as a person and the way he carries himself (laughs) so like I don't even consider those like books that I don't like because I simply don't want to entertain them, you know? Okay, I'm glad because I was more interested in getting into, like, the juicier books that I might have heard of. and know- I mean, of course, I've heard of The Dead, but I'm saying, like, what is your book? Let's just reveal it. And what's your clue? Do you have a clue? Uh, you probably don't know what this book is at all. It is YA. Cool. Is it the one that's, like, the wall city? No. Okay. Then that was my guess. <laughs> That's the only one I could think of that maybe you recently read. Uh, actually, the... So your first least favorite book is... It's not even my first least favorite. Like, I don't... I'm so positive that I don't like ranking, like, in my negative <laughs> interactions with books <laughs> like that. Is this unethical to you? You find beauty in every book? Or you know, it's actually kind of funny because even in these one-star reviews, I've started, like, at the end being like, this. these are all the reasons why I don't like this book and why it doesn't work. But maybe this book still has value to someone. <laughs> and I don't... <laughs> you kind of throw yeah. in that last little nugget so that if the author reads it, because they're like, that okay, has happened fair. Before, she was nice. But 
Yeah. I think it's more so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you tore apart that book and the author was... <laughs> or liked it. They like they liked the review. It was actually a good review, review, but it was a little, like, backhanded because I was like, I'm so surprised I like this book. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think it was more so, like, a trauma response from, like, going to art school and being critiqued all the time. <laughs> it's like, I hate everything about this, but hey, like, good idea. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> like saw where you were coming from but uh um but okay here is it's a book it's a series i'll just call it a series because i gave both books two stars um um by kira cass who also wrote the selection series which i don't know if you've heard you've definitely seen though I'm sure I've seen it yeah. in Barnes and Noble it was on that marketed book pile as next to um, in 2011. The match or match? Yeah, Never I matched, hate that book too. But um, yeah, I was thinking that's where I see it in my mind next to her. It, the selection okay. was marketed as the Bachelorette meets the Hunger Games. <laughs> in case you needed to know. <laughs> so maybe I will read it. I don't know how well they're going to translate now because I recently read this other series by Kira Cass called The Betrothed. And there's two books in the series. And um, something that I realized while reading those books was like, I'm way too old to be reading these books. Is this your pick? Yes. The Betrothed? Okay, so The Betrothed yes. series is your one of your least favorite Right books. now, because I just finished reading the series. <laughs> when? Um, September 6th was when I wrote the review. Oh, damn. She has the data. So literally last yeah. week. <laughs> okay, Gorge. <laughs> Love that. You're like September 12th. I'm like, oh, so yes. I've read 15 books since okay. then, so it's a little hard. <laughs> you probably Actually have. Actually, haven't. That was the last book I read. Um, but yeah, something that I realized was like, I think I'm too old to be reading this book. <laughs> because it just felt so juvenile right and had horrible mm -hmm. characters the worst world building <laughs> that i've ever seen ever done in the entire world and the other thing about it is both books are basically the same book but they just changed some words around Double exactly. homicide <laughs> <laughs> elliot with two t's because okay I think if I was a successful author, if I was insecure uh -huh. and not creative, uh -huh. I would just redo the book that I wrote that was big. Because especially if I know it has sticky fingers for little kids, yeah. like they'll just buy it off the shelf mm -hmm. anyway. Then there's a certain level that I respect, but I do hate when it's like a one-two punch of like, this is not a new idea. You just shift it over exactly. there. <laughs> Yeah. But I will say, okay, so this is me being like, oh, yeah, but there were some, like, interesting things about it. But <laughs> there were things that I think were actually really interesting about this series was mainly in the second book. Because um, the first book is just, like, really bad. Just everything about it was really bad. <laughs> but she attempted to do things in the second book, which I think were actually commendable. And I wish, like she was a better writer so that it would have like worked she does that thing actually we're in the first book basically i'm, I'm gonna spoil it because i don't want anyone to read this right um 
You could read it if you're curious. But <laughs> Spoil okay, so spoiler alert. In the just first book turn off the Um The main character Hollis like falls in love with uh some guy and they actually do get married at the end of the book, but then he dies like two seconds later. Um and it's like it's supposed to be a twist ending, blah blah blah. Doesn't really land at all because like nothing is developed well in this book at all. Um, in the second book, she is a widow and she moves to this guy's home country because he comes from a different country that's at like war with her country or whatever. And uh, she actually does eventually let herself fall in love again, which is something that I think is very powerful. The idea I I know we talked about this with like one last stop a little bit of like loving someone and recognizing that like they might be your destiny or it's like it's a true love but like having to let them go but still like letting yourself love again I think that's a really interesting thing especially in YA where I feel like in YA you get a lot like the first person the girly meets like you know she's gonna end up with at the end you know what I mean (laughs) so like like, should Peta and Katniss have gotten married and had two kids? Or was that a trauma exactly. response? Let's unpack that. But we're not yeah, talking about the so Hunger Games in this I uh, like that about this book. Um, <laughs> the other thing I liked about this book, or what had a lot of potential but did not land again, was um, the main character is very shallow <laughs> and sort of flighty and kind of dumb and doesn't know what's going on <laughs> ever. And that's a character that... I, and you don't like people no, like I that? No, I do. Like, that's not oh. what you look for in your friends? Because then I'm confused. No, I'm saying I actually... I would have thought that you were into that sort of thing, considering the company you keep. I'm saying um, I actually <laughs> like that, especially in YA, because I think ever since, like, Katniss came out, like, this... The oh. YA... Yeah. So now you're doing yeah. it. So now but you're like, doing it. So that's fine. Regardless, it, the Hunger Games has it. changed a lot about the YA landscape. And one of the things is that, like... There was such a reluctance to see, like, women being weak in YA for so long, you know? Or, like, being extra feminine was also, like... So you're arguing for the bimbification of YA women. Exactly. For far too long, they've been behind the bars. (laughs) (laughs) Locked. (laughs) Let the bimbos free. So... No, I really like that, but then she was just... Free the bimbo. Okay, hashtag free, free them. But Continue, this please, series sorry. just didn't, like, deliver because she was a shallow character who was written very shallowly, you know? Where, like, yeah. the writing just did not add any depth to her at all. And she was just dumb the whole time. Well, I like a double-edged sword where it's like, oh, um she's the character that you're not supposed to learn a lot from because she's painted as one way. And then it's like, oh, but she actually does the most in-depth. Like, she's the one who carries the plot through. Like, you know what I mean? That's what they like, try value in to being... do, but it doesn't work because mm. they never develop her character in a way that works. Also, there is value in just, you know, it's that, it's like a little branch of, of feminism. Like, women can be girl bosses, but they can also be at-home girl bosses. Exactly. They can also just be be the woman in the like they could ha- they could be the wife if they wanted to be they could be just the spoiled girly if they wanted to yeah. be and the best is when you have 
probably men who, and, and plenty of other women too, who are like, yeah, this bitch does not know. You know, like, Paris Hilton is notoriously known as one of, like, the smartest bitches ever. Like, she's really smart. Everyone who meets her, and I've met people who met her, I met an artist who sold her a piece of art. And he's like, to be honest, like, I've sold to a lot of celebrities, one of them being Selena Gomez, which I have some funny tea on, but I don't know if I want to go into all that. You know, The weekend, like, he met a bunch of people, and he was like, but Paris is the realest, coolest, smartest, like, intelligent, grounded person, but she's also, like, known for her whole persona. Get into Gottmik on Drag Race, doing the whole, her whole bit where the fake voice, because it's just cool. Like, we all love her. We love bimbos. I mean, Kim leaked a sex tape and is now the girl boss of, like, the millennium, so... I get that. Also, I was going to say that I feel like I can't read a lot of books because they might be, this is a different point, but reading juvenile YA books, sometimes I feel too far from it. But the best ones are ones that you find yourself weirdly connecting to because there's a a child in all of us and we like to read YA on this podcast and there's value in YA, duh. But if that book didn't have that for you, then that's just like a bad book, I would say. Perhaps. (laughs) <laughs> um but you wait <laughs> i mean you you picked it you picked when, it as one of your wait, bad wait, books wait, wait, wait. when you were pitching when, when, this when, what? episode idea you also said to like recommend something yes recommend something maybe in a similar vein but um that is simply not that book so if you wanted to read this don't <laughs> read this read my recommendation. Well, you didn't do that for your book, though. We Were Liars. I didn't. But We Were Liars, just, if you see it in the store, just throw it out. Like, there's nothing that... I, honestly, um, I'm trying to think of, like, teen summer gone wrong books. Go to your librarian at your high school and she'll have, like, 20 <laughs> of them. I don't know. But I don't... they Because they always recommend them. Um, I mean, okay. yeah. But do you have a recommendation? Because yes. I don't. Um. I don't know if this is too far from the source, but (laughs) if you want to see a shallow character, a shallow, beautiful character using her charms to climb up a social ladder, then you should read House of Mirth by Edith Warden. Looking for Alaska. Um, No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. um, kidding. That was a complete joke. I never finished that book. uh, Okay, continue. Yeah, House of Mirth by Edith Worden is a classic. So I don't know if you're reading Caracast that you like reading classics. I don't know like what the cross-section of interest that is. But if you want to bring it all the way back, House of Mirth is one of my favorite classics. I think it's desperately underrated. And it's about this woman who again, uses her charms and her beauty to climb up the social ladder because society has rewarded her for acting that way. And then all of a sudden, she society t- turns their back on her and it sort of ruins her as a character, um, as a person, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's less so a commentary on her as a person, but more so a larger commentary on society, specifically in the... 1900s early 1900s in new york baby (laughs) a scorned woman is like sometimes the best character to come out of the ashes would you say well she unfortunately edith worthen books tend to end in either it's a range from bittersweet to like bleak and devastating and house of mirth does not have a happy ending (laughs) 
Have you read that book, Bittersweet? No, Sweet Bitter. Uh, no. <laughs> By who? You, you have By you heard who? of her? I don't know. It's my cousin read it, and shout out to her. But I think it's just one of those like white women breakfast <laughs> books, like. You know what I mean? Like, they read it with their eggs, and then they put it down, and they never, they're just not going to keep reading it. It's, I think it's about a girl boss chef who, like, has to do something. <laughs> We're never reading it. But you, but you I figured I'd bring it up. Um, House of Mirth, underrated classic that more people should read. My next book that I read, and my guess, I mean, my clue is this, and I think you could get this. Um, my clue is simply just Nicole Kidman. Oh. Uh, it's relevant, too. This book is relevant. Uh, what, what's that one? It's, is it a Gillian Flynn novel? I'm not saying anything like that. It's, well, who's in Gone Girl? Not Nicole Kidman, right? No, she's not. Is it that. sharp, what is it? Sharp objects? What is it? <laughs> no, no, it's not. But now I'm actually really mad at you. <laughs> what is it? Nicole Kidman. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm mad, but I'll explain. My book that relates to that clue Woman. is... <laughs> oh, me and my friend, <laughs> me Natalie, and my friend. We, have, we, have, we have a list of our favorite white women actresses that yeah, just I'm not, live I'm on not island. I'm not involved in that conversation. Fabulous Cunt Island, which was created by my what favorite is it, Little Fires Everywhere YouTubers. No, stop is talking. It, <laughs> I will finish. Uh, no, Big Little Lies. You could literally just go on. No, it's the other Hulu one. I don't know any of these white women. <laughs> okay, listen. If let me just get this out of my system. Anything with Nicole Kidman, Sarah Paulson, um, honestly Connie Britton, except for that Nashville show. Shit that they're in always, like, sweeps. Like, kills. Like, they're great. Um, but this series and book is bad and will always be bad. And it has just premiered on Hulu this summer. And it's Nine Perfect Strangers. And by Lynn Moriarty, the author of Big Little Lies, which also starred Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Um, who, again, I can't... Ex- I cannot even, like... I would become, I can't even exaggerate how much I'm obsessed with Nicole Kidman just because she's, like, insane. Um, for the wigs alone, like, she invented wigs. Like, she literally, I can't believe she hasn't been on Drag Race yet just for, like, the sheer camp value that she is the actress of wigs. And she's also just, like, fun. And, like, she, like, divorced Tom Hanks because he's a Scientologist and she has two kids with him. And she's so interesting and cool. Um, but regardless, Nine Perfect Strangers by Lynn Moriarty. I hope I'm saying, I'm saying her name right. Author of Big Little Eyes. Which would probably be the book that I'd recommend instead of reading this book. Because I will say, I do enjoy this woman's uh, writing style. She's a pretty good author. She's a page-turner sort of girl. I said I wanted to focus on bestsellers. And I don't think there's a better example of someone who wrote um, some... Big Little Lies is what definitely her best work. She also has a couple of books that I should Google right now. But I don't want to type on the keyboard because it's going to make a lot of noise. Um, into this microphone, but there's one called like the husband's secret or the wife's secret about like this woman wakes up in the future after being like uh, in a coma for a while and that one was really popular. I wanted to read it and I just referred to a genre book as like white women breakfast novels. I don't even know what that means, but just like picnic novels that like belong in book clubs, you know, 
but aren't really don't really cut that deep. Like, remember when the help was really, really big mm-hmm. and like white women everywhere were like this ended racism. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of books like that. But the help is honestly holds up as a pretty good book from what I remember. And um, with some fun twists and great messages. Lynn Moriarty doesn't cut that deep at all. She just really writes, you know, books like, the, I mean, like Big Little Lies, it touched sexual assaults, and the series was produced, I'm pretty sure, by Nicole Kidman, and it was great. So I guess Nicole was like, hold on, I'm going to take up her next big book, and I'm going to make, I'm going to fully produce this whole thing myself. It's sort of like Nicole Kidman's, like, undertaking. And I will say that I read the book because I liked Big Little Lies, and I literally bought the book in hardcover. I remember my dad gave me like $100 one day and I was like taking my sister shopping and she didn't buy anything. So I was like, I'll just buy this book even though it's really expensive because hello, like I just finished Big Little Lies. And wow, what a disappointment. I think that this is sort of an example of someone, you know, there's no sequels to any of her books from what I understand. So she And she could never really write a sequel to Big Little Lies. But this was the next big book after Big Little Lies. And um, it didn't really hit the same. I think she sort of likes to write about trauma and make it, like, relevant. That's, I mean, maybe that is what, I don't know if that makes any sense. But this book is literally about, like, a rehab facility um, wellness retreat where nine perfect strangers with all their own little issues go away to a, um, like, spa. So it's really not a rehab, but... Um, to basically work on their wellness and their diet gets controlled and, you know, they all meditate all day, all, all day long. And I think the issue that I had most with it was that one, when you have nine main characters, she did not juggle them well enough for me. I walked away from the series, not wanting to look at Google who would play them in a movie. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for, I don't know, not, not that I often look for fanfic, but sometimes you finish these big books by best-selling authors and you want to know what people are saying. And I was just so bored the whole time that I feel like the idea was just dropped. Um, the ball was dropped with this idea. And a lot of people are comparing the series because it's very fun to talk about adaptations to a really another popular series that came out this year called White Lotus, which is basically about a bunch of a group. It's an eclectic ensemble cast of people with all their own storylines, backstories, traumas, and issues who go on vacation sort of to get away from it all and kind of like, you know, be at peace. And instead, all their issues bubble to the surface and everything goes horribly wrong. That's basically what you tried to do with Nine Perfect Strangers, but it sort of just turned into this drug-induced stupid twist where it was like, oh, we were on drugs the whole time, and that's why we're all hallucinating and going crazy. And it just, for me, falls into the same category as E. Lockhart being like, they were dead the whole time, or, you know, when movies are like, oh, well, it's just going to end in, like, an alien invasion or something. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? I think, for me, endings to books are a really big deal, and also, like, we all love a good character, but I don't think she picked the nine perfect characters for this book, Nine Perfect Strangers, because they're all pretty uninteresting to me. And I've yet to find people who hold it up to the standard of her other books. I will say that. Mm-hmm. But Nicole Kidman's wig in the series is horrible, of course. And she even wears it underwater, which was a huge risk. <laughs> I could not believe that they filmed her multiple times in this wig wet. Like every episode, she's in a pool or in a waterfall. And it's so, I mean, it looks like they found it in the back room of like Bed Bath & Beyond. Like it was matted in the back somewhere and they found this wig that was really made out of like a bath mat or something. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm watching this series because I, like, have nothing else to do, but I don't recommend that book at all. Read something else by her. Have you ever read a Lynn Moriarty book, Geraldine? That's my question for you. 
No. <laughs> Once again, I have little interest. In After my review, do you feel compelled? No, I don't think I'll ever read. Uh, what was it? A uh, White Lady Breakfast book? Is what, what did you say? <laughs> white Lady Breakfast book. That's what I said. <laughs> I just I, I simply have no <laughs> no interest right now in reading books about middle age, upper middle age white women going through their traumas. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> but I think though that if you, I mean, we have to, we should just rename the podcast to like Camp discussions because i think that there's so much room in white lady struggles like look at succession on hbo it just swept the award season last year like there's camp in that is what i'm trying to say a young person of color (laughs) (laughs) woman we should be laughing okay (laughs) i just don't feel the need to laugh at the struggles of a privileged white woman i don't know like um anything that sandra bullock's character from the blind side would have recommended to you if anyone knows what i'm talking about that character then um geraldine's not reading it i i probably would or i would have in the past i had i'd say i haven't read books like that in a while but what's ironic is that i actually did the first when i read big little lies i borrowed it from my friend's mom so <laughs> it's she just fully so was telling like, yeah, and so that pipeline, that's how I ended up getting into that anyway. Um, I but do feel also, like, so like, does, what's the book called? I Nine forgot. Perfect Strangers. Yeah, it's does already it a horrible change, title. like, perspectives? No, it doesn't change perspectives. Wait. So, you, no, it, the story is told how? So there's one central character who's played by Melissa McCarthy, which I think was also incorrectly cast, or incorrectly played, because what I do like about the book so the main character is a middle-aged white woman who got mm-hmm. grifted. So she basically, if anyone doesn't know what grifting is, she just like had an internet relationship with a guy and he was like, oh, my son has cancer. Can you Venmo me like $150,000? And she does. And then he goes her. So she's now going off to the retreat. It's told from her perspective. And what's funny about her is that she is the most satirical, I think, cornerstone of the book because she is like a total flop and you're like supposed to feel bad for her but like she's so ridiculous and like needy that everyone hates her but in the tv show she comes off more as like oh poor francis oh look at her she's insecure about her weight and she's such a nice woman and we feel bad for her but no like they're not you're not like in the book she's painted as like everyone's so dumb with her bullshit so and it's basically mostly told through her perspective but then because this book involves lots of shrooms like they're all <laughs> illegally dosaged with shrooms to basically trigger their traumas and like work through them it does travel into other people's visions and i think that was supposed to the author was trying to do like a whole like well they're on drugs so we're on drugs so we're going to hop from francis's mind into everyone else's mind and it just i was not here for it and the other funny part about the series is that it's a 10 i'm pretty sure they ordered 10 episodes Maybe there's eight. But either way, on episode three, the secret's already out. They're like, are you drugging us? And Nicole Kidman's like, hmm, well, maybe. And now they all are now, like, consenting to being drugged because they're, like, kind of, like, into it. But the whole twist of the book is that they find out, what the fuck, you drugged us this whole time. And then they freak out, and then there's a bunch of drama, and the police get involved. So the series is taking a totally different route. There's also, like, new characters in it, and it just, it's bad. Um, but I will say that ensemble casts are fun. Like, I like when, 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 
like it doesn't translate as well in book format like all of these like ensemble books were like either it's like a bunch of random characters who like tell their stories and there's these weird connections or it's like this whole town and you're reading about everybody and it all like comes together somehow like I've never been into those books and I've read a few of them and that's what I was about to ask there's just something that like I just don't like about any of that yeah I don't think I would it works better in tv I guess and but not in this show so um yeah another no camp um stupid twist uh even Nicole Kidman couldn't Nicole Kidman could not rectify this so didn't work for me um Charlene (laughs) do you have a clue about your next book I want to know um I have I don't know what my next book is yet um, but it will be a classic, so... <laughs> Undecided Queen. Okay. I think it's a classic, because I'm looking at my my ratings right now, and I think it's interesting to, like, talk about a classic badly, because <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> so do you have any guesses? Or are you just want um, me to speak on it? Well, it's not going to be Anthem, and it's not going to be James Joyce, because you already yeah. said that we're not going there. Um, was it something I've read? No. Um, is it by a woman? Uh. I think not binary. No. Who knows? Oh, it's not. You don't know? So it's like a pseudonym? No, 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 no. I'm saying I, I can't assume, like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's not assume. They're dead. Is it? Um. I don't know. Have you ever read anything by Virginia Woolf? Yes. Do you like Virginia Woolf? Uh. <laughs> Because I feel like you don't. I read A Room of One's Own and I gave that two stars. Is it a Virginia Woolf book? No. No. Okay. I don't have a guess. Um, so, <laughs> well, I'm just going to get this one out of the way because... Oh my God, is it To Kill a Mockingbird? No. <laughs> I would die. I'm going to talk about two, but I'm just going to get one out of the way because I feel like I have to say it, especially because like spooky season's coming up. But I hate The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Irvin Washington. It's horrible. Oh. Or Washington Irvin, sorry. He has two <laughs> last names. What can I say? Um, <laughs> anyway, I hate it. It's so boring. Anyway. <laughs> that's not Do you it. think it just has the hype because... Oh, that's not even the book you're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I did give that... Uh, don't waste your time reading The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's a bad book. I won't. About a I simp. <laughs> The Headless Horseman? No. The main character is a simp. <laughs> and his woman is taken away from him. Is the Headless Horseman It's just really bad. And it's like self-insert. It's so obviously self-insert. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> the actual book I think I'm going to talk about is actually very similar to House of Mirth. So I guess all of the three books that I'm talking about follow like a very similar theme. But it's Madame Bovary by Gustave Flaubert. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have, but I think because you read it. Interesting. Otherwise, did you you read it in high school, right? Yeah, 2015. So I remember you carrying it around, and I hated looking at it because I don't like that last name. Bovary. Yeah, it just is an annoying last name <laughs> to say. Bovary, like it sounds like bovine and ovary, like a cow ovary. Well, right. I read it in 2015, so my thoughts might not be as clear. 
and I did not write. Actually, I did write a review for it, but all it says is meh. <laughs> um, so Madame Bovary is sort of the similar thing where like she lives beyond her means. So she like she like spends so much money so she to like make herself look more affluential than she is like she lives beyond beyond her means and she's like a social climber and she clings to these men (laughs) but it's so like again I, i guess i would equate it to like the white woman breakfast novel of like the the 1800s it's it's just like there's no like real attachment you you, no one gets attached to madame bovary the character unlike um oh my god i forgot her name in house of mirth but like in house of mirth you actually do feel bad and feel something for the main character in Madame Bovary, it's not there whatsoever. You're just annoyed at her. Like, she's so annoying. <laughs> and her relationships are, like, they're supposed to be, like, spicy. Because I think she's, like, she has, like, two relationships at the same time. But they're just, there's nothing interesting in this book, in my opinion, unfortunately. What motivated you to read it in the first place? Um, Like, I could remember. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> Because if, okay, do you, so from what I'm gathering is that you enjoy books with bimbos who social climb, but in the right way or in an interesting way. Because that's what I'm, the common thread between the things that you don't like seem to be books that fall flat with female characters that just don't have the same promise as they do. Or they don't, you know, they're supposed to promise a sort of arc or, you know, personality, but then it just falls flat. Is that something that you don't like? And you just want everyone to read House of Mirth? Like Um I guess it's just because I feel like books have strayed away from this archetype of a character. So like mm. the examples that I have are like these three examples right now. <laughs> and I would love to see more of them. <laughs> I I do feel like In like modern writing. Yeah, I feel like you see this character a lot in like movies and TV shows actually though, right? Like sort of a shallow character mm-hmm. who like I don't know, has uh some depth to her, you know, or like Mhm. But it's just like I don't know. Something about I don't know, there's this weird like boundary that people assume there is when you read books <laughs> where I feel like there's like this this weird intellectual like wall that you have to hop over to like understand a book but like books can be stupid too and I feel like people who don't read books don't realize that books can just be stupid and fun in camp you know what I mean yeah that's my some of my favorite books like the ones that are not trying to make sense and you find your own meaning in them because they're so stupid yeah you know you don't always have to make the character like such a strong good person you know um because that's not always relatable so like at all i love characters like that in tv and movies but like i guess they're just not translating well onto the books because people have these weird assumptions about like what books are supposed to be and maybe i blame madame bovary a little bit for that (laughs) 
And on this podcast, we like books that are different. Oh. We like books that are they're not. <laughs> Have like you the other seen ones. me without this we... beret? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> not you clocking. I know. I think it's sick right now that both Geraldine and I have our berets in our Instagram photos. Um, <laughs> on on our, our profile photos on Instagram. But it's fine. It's a, We're branding it so none of the other podcasts in our competitive um, field can do that. <laughs> um, my last fave, I mean last least fave book, you already guessed. And that's why I'm pissed. You said it before. Gone girl. In this uh, no, never even read that. The other one. Sharp Objects. Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn is not a good book. And I see. Wait, you know, it's kind of funny how all of my books <laughs> follow <a> very similar <laughs> vibe. All of your books you're bringing to the table. <laughs> I mean, you can relate Gillian Flynn and Lynn Moriarty. You can do that. I mean, if Lynn Moriarty makes like white women breakfast books um, Jillian Flynn makes, like, um, white women who love to watch, like, um, true crime on Netflix <laughs> at 11 p.m. Like, when SNL did that skit that was like, I'm gonna watch a murder show. I'm gonna yeah. watch my murder show. This is, like, Jillian Flynn writes those books. And without taking away, like, how, I guess, good Gone Girl is, even though I never read it, and I think that it's, I, I from what I understand, it's, like, a really interesting picture on marriage women in monogamy i'm so uninterested <laughs> yeah and like rosamund pike seems like fabulous and she has that great monologue that is like the gone girl monologue it's great um i don't like sharp objects because maybe i was too young when i read it i also read this in like the middle of high school um i was like really depressed and it's not a good book to read when you're really sad because it's literally about like a self-harming like adult woman who's like an alcoholic journalist and i worry for all my journalist friends (laughs) um and i think yeah honestly it's yet another book with an ending that i don't feel like the pieces it there wasn't enough development of the characters that the twist involved that it just didn't land um and it's a book that follows um, basically a woman who I just said is a journalist. She has addiction issues. And I might be filling in some blanks. Like, maybe she doesn't have addiction issues, but I feel like she does have addiction issues. No, she definitely does. And she falls in love with a cop. So there's that element of it. And it's in the South. And it basically dives into her traumatic childhood because she revisits her hometown where murders have been occurring. And the true, you know, the true issue with the town is... Uh, you know, it sort of centers her trauma with her family as, like, the true crime. Like, there's all these murders of these little girls happening, and it's horrible. But she's like, my relationship with my mom and my little sister is the re- is more important than this. And I guess that is supposed to be foreshadowing of the fact that her little sister is actually the murderer. So with this, like, 14-year-old or 15-year-old, like, spoiled little girl who's, like, obsessed with dolls and, like, her dollhouse has been murdering and killing these young girls... And I think overall it's supposed to be like a overarching metaphor for like how the mom raised her daughters to be like competitive with other women and like internalized misogyny and like young girls like hating each other. But no, it did not hit um, at all, especially because it just wasn't even creepy enough. Like if you look at Gone Girl, because again, I think like I didn't even realize that E. Lockhart had like other successful books, but she she does. I kind of remember the boyfriend list. Didn't read that. Is that that was called the boyfriend list? Mm-hmm. I didn't read it. You know, I guess E. Lockhart has that, and Lynn Moriarty has her 
other books, you know, Big Little Lies, and we all know Gillian Flynn is a huge author. So this is sort of like her book that, for me, just didn't work. And um, I think, again, my biggest issue with it was that it wasn't entertaining to read, and it's overrated. And I said I wanted to come for bestsellers, and Sharp Objects is definitely a bestseller. Amy Adams, I like Amy Adams. I guess she's not, she is not on my list of, like, white women that live on Fabulous Cunts Island, unfortunately. We'll talk when Enchanted 2 comes out. <laughs> is it in production? I think so. <gasps> with James Marsden? I think. And what's his name from Grey's Anatomy? Patrick Dempsey? I think it was greenlit. I don't know if it's in production. Well, that's her best role. So Disenchanted, twenty twenty two. No, it sounds like dysentery. Like you can. I forgot. Idina Menzel is in it too. Nazim, Nazim. <laughs> oh my god! As long as Camilla isn't in it, because okay, Amy Adams deserves an Oscar. I get that, but if it's not for Enchanted, I don't know what it's going to be for. Which she's never getting. She's not getting one for Disenchanted. I guess. I'm sure. Anyway, um, don't read the book. Um, I not some <laughs> no pun in- of the adaptations are just simply better than the books. Well, I don't even know if the Sharp Objects adaptation is any good because no pun intended, but this book does not cut that deep. Okay, it oh. doesn't. Sharp Objects is Scary. a little blunt. All right, in my opinion, I Jarlene just basically said like I'm not trying to read about white women and their traumas. All three of the well, no, at least the past two books definitely focus on that this one the most so and listen you got to write what you know i think jillian flynn is incredibly talented she also has another book that um, i was recommended to read that i started reading and couldn't finish so i just don't think that she's for me and i forget what that one's about but it's basically probably her darkest take yet and it's about a woman whose entire family got murdered by a cult when she was a child and she grows up like an orphan because all her family is dead and she's like the only one who, like, survived the murder. Don't know what it's called. Charlize Theron is in it. Don't care. In the movie or something. Anyway, um, I think that if you're someone who's looking to reach for a best-selling author, focus on their big hits, you know? <laughs> I was going to bring for up... for a the... reason. <laughs> yeah, their hits for a reason. I think, also, I don't know who wrote The Girl on the Train, but if you're... And I was going to talk about that book because I did read that book. I don't hate it as much as the other ones. Because I guess something about that book didn't drag as much. And again, like, if you're reading Sharp Objects, it's literally chapters and chapters and chapters of this woman, like, getting drunk, wanting to self-harm, and, like, having sex with a police officer. While, like, she's supposed to be covering, like, the massive murder of all these, like, children. Um, But if you like the girl on the train sort of genre of books, like woman who's addicted to alcohol and hates herself gets involved in a murder then you probably do like watching murder shows on netflix you're probably a fun nice woman who likes to read those types of books so then go for it but sharp objects for me is on the bottom of that list and not of a bottom genre also bottoms i feel like like jillian flynn books so uh i don't know i just don't recommend you (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, like, that's why I picked it up, but oh. for me, it's not it, it Maybe it you're just not that through. type of bottom, okay. No, I'm not that type of bottom. Um, but yeah, you've never read Jillian Flynn, right? Yeah, I don't think I ever will. Good for you. Unfortunately. Good for you. Any other opinions? 
on my least favorite books. Would you have guessed? Well, you did guess it. Why did you guess it? Was it that obvious? Um. <laughs> did I guess all of your books, kind of? You did guess every single one. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed Sharp Objects when I gave you the Nicole Kidman clue. She's not even in... She has, well, she has nothing just, to do with Sharp that, Objects. That just has... That goes to show you how I equate <laughs> all of these books. <laughs> um, um, yours were a shot in the dark. I could have never guessed yours. But you have one last one. I actually don't. I've decided I don't. You don't? Yeah. <laughs> uh, fine. I actually have a good question for you then. Okay. What you as someone who reads a lot of bad books, and you actually read them? Like I've known you for a long time to be the person who's like, yeah, I don't like this book, but I had I just had to finish it. What is your advice for finishing a book that you know is bad and you're not even enjoying? Like, how do you do it? Because I can't do that. I'm totally fine with abandoning a book, even if I'm halfway through. I will never think about it again if it's just not sticking with me. Um. <laughs> I don't know because I I think there's something interesting about reading a bad book and like critiquing it on the way is kind of fun. <laughs> um and I think also because I used to review books and I guess I'm reviewing books now again, but like I used to like it wasn't my job. I never got paid for reviewing books, but like <laughs> the videos never got monetized. I made it a point to like read books. So I guess it was more so like it always felt like a task to me rather than just like reading them for fun. Like I read books for entertainment, not necessarily to always read something good, you know, and sometimes reading bad books is entertaining, but not <laughs> fruitful in any way. <laughs> Are there books that you've not finished, started but not finished? Um, there are books that I stopped reading for a while, but then picked back up. But then oh. there, are, it, it usually happens. I, I it hasn't happened in a while, but like, I'll start reading a series and hate the first book, and then stop reading, and then like I won't, I wouldn't even try to read the second book. Like that's my. Well, that's different. No, that's so. That's your limit. Is you'll finish the book, but you'll just skip the sequels. Yeah. If you don't like it. But even then, I will still read them sometimes. <laughs> Did you, like point A, the first book I read, the first book I talked about today. Because I'm curious. I have a dark curiosity. That's my talk. One of my yeah. Toxic, I like, think <laughs> traits. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Um, I I think no. You know what? It is? it's not toxic. It's I always have hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when your like therapist is like let's retrain our thinking instead of it being a toxic trait it just shows that you actually see the good you don't like bad things you just are always looking for the good it's like yeah exactly i i can't do that i don't have that part of my brain it's not that i have a short attention span because i personally don't think i do i just think it's more like i feel uh guiltless uh, that's not a word but mm. i feel no guilt I over think it's putting down a book if i don't like it also for me like i read so many books that the books carry less weight <laughs> so it's easier <laughs> to just like finish a book and move on then i feel like maybe for you like there are other things i could do like i could go eat some food right now exactly. i could go facetime my friend like this book if it doesn't deserve my energy it's not gonna get it um and i actually am though like known for starting books not reading them for like a month and then going back even more than that 
I will put something down because I need to be in the right mood to be locked in and ready to read. Um, and I'll start something and then I'm just like, oh, I'm not feeling it. And then I'll finish it. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't so bad. It really wasn't so bad. Um, but yeah, I can't relate. I think you're very, I think you're alone on that hill, girl. Of okay. finishing every book you've ever started. But it's kind of iconic. Kind of iconic. Well, it's also because <laughs> it just feels like I have to have a reason. Like, I need to figure out exactly why I don't like this book. So I'll have to finish it. <laughs> yeah, so there's like a whole other set of gears in your brain <laughs> that's working. Like, let's pick apart and find the reasons. It's like, if I like, know I don't like it, like, I don't If someone, like, like, comes for me, I don't know in what situation I would be in where someone would be like, oh, you don't like this book, why? I need to know why I don't like this book. <laughs> but, like... Well, this is simply the situation. <laughs> I'm here to ask you, why don't you like these books that you said you don't like? Well, I'm glad I have you in my life. Has Follow someone told you that reads. recently? Oh. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I don't know, but there's a story I need to tell you about when I was under the influence the other night and things that were said. Oh, so it's time to end the episode, guys. See you guys yeah. Next yeah. <laughs> I think it's time for the off camera, off air combo between us because there's too many names to bleep and way too much shit that I can't say on while the mic is hot. Um, it was just fashion week and a lot happened. But um, follow us on Instagram. Follow me at Oh My Goverson. Follow Geraldine at Geraldine Luglio. Um, and follow at Gay Book Friends, of course. Um, we'll be back to review soon. Uh, we have some a friend who's needs to be on here. Um, and yeah, look, totally looking forward to it. Are I you feel a like, friend of GBF? Because <laughs> uh, if you are, it's really easy to get on this podcast. Literally, just DM us. Like every, it doesn't matter. Basically, just our friends pop on. Um, and if you are, you get a sticker. It's unscented, but it has a QR code. So. But yeah, you get a free sticker and a goodie bag as long as you don't forget it. Oh my god. You get a goodie bag. We gotta stop. We gotta stop. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, it's been a great episode. Bye guys. Bye. See you later. This mic better have been working the whole time because we never lose our (laughs) jacket.